0: Thank you, everyone, uh, for coming along tonight. Uh, I'm going to open with a T for training. As a kid, my dad was obsessed with me becoming a goalkeeper. That was his big plan for me, goalkeeping. And I was good, more than good. Nothing ever came more easily to me than keeping the ball out of the goal. It was the easiest way I knew to please my dad, who was not an easy man to please Growing up like all boys of my generation with the big match on Sunday afternoons, I found TV coverage disrupted every time a keeper made even an ordinary save as my dad would immediately rise from his chair and stand in front of our 14-inch portable Sony TV, breaking down the technique the keeper had employed to pull off the save, repeating the movement over and over again.
1: You see what he did, Danny? Watch my right leg, okay? Watch my right leg. One, two... Three, and dive! Again. Are you looking, Danny?
0: He'd throw himself to the floor to recreate the keeper's dive, much to the chagrin of our downstairs neighbour, a reserved Maltese man who worked nights and must have come to dread Sunday afternoons.
1: (laughs) Uno, dos, tres. Don't look at me, look at my legs. Okay, uno, dos, tres, and dive!
0: My dad played in goal at amateur level way into his 30s, while my mum came from a family of goalkeeping brothers, most of whom were more talented between the sticks than my dad. Indeed, one of them was even courted by the great Real Madrid.
1: Yeah, they were more gifted than me, but none of my brother-in-laws had the heart or ambition. Okay, I wanted to make... Make sure that my son did not throw away his talent like his uncle's.
0: I, though, had my eye on a life in the priesthood. In retrospect, given my ongoing acquaintance with the P45 and the guaranteed accommodation and job security that comes with a life in the ministry, being a priest was probably the job for me. In the days before live TV coverage meant regular Sunday games for top-flight players, I figured that I might be able to combine keeping goal for Liverpool with overseeing the 10 o'clock mass at St Mary's in Clapham. Such duality would have kept both my dad and God happy.
1: Uh, Forget about being a priest, I told him. Focus on football, Danny. You're a goalkeeper. You think of all the priests at St Mary's who have been posted to some hot third-world country to do missionary work. You don't like anything that flies, anything with wings, okay? In hot countries, the flies that land on you regular. The people walk around barefoot, they eat rice with their hands, that are vagrants. You can catch lice off them. See, you know, and one day you, like me, you will, you will have chest hair too. Lice will not be as visible on your chest as it would be on some English man. You know, it would be more problematic for a hairy-chested man like you to get rid of the lice. <laughs>
0: In my early years, my dad trained me several nights a week after school on Clapham Common, which was only up the road from us. The Common was his favourite place, my dad being one of those annoying outdoor types, while for me it was hell on earth. My dad didn't need to die on the Common for me to come to loathe the place. I don't know of any place in London that is as heavily populated with dog muck. How people can have picnics there or sit down on the grass in the summer when the Commons annual open-air cinema arrives is beyond me i just don't understand that sitting on the common in the dark surrounded by stalls you can't see but that's okay because you're watching godfather 2 and that makes you feel like you're one of the cool people (laughs) even if you sat on a blanket surely you could never use that blanket again that's a one-time use only blanket that could never go back in my washing machine
1: so we will make the 15-minute walk up to the common from mayflower we will carry three footballs with us always three a small yellow goalpost. We're both in our red track suits. We look healthy, masculine. We look like men. But that would unravel all too quickly when, uh, once we set foot in the park, and Danny would begin his ritual of scanning the grass he would be diving on. He, he never disappointed me more than at those, how else to put it, pansy-like moments.
0: Often we'd be walking around for 20 minutes or more before I settled on a patch of relatively clean grass that I felt at a push I could cope with throwing myself about on. My dad tried to deal with this most maddening of visuals in a calmer fashion, but his face always betrayed him. The training was intense. We'd do breathing exercises as my dad became increasingly obsessed with my already malfunctioning nose. We'd stretch, we'd jump, we'd jog, we'd sprint. It was often an hour before I even got to touch the ball.
1: Yeah, I made no allowances for his age. And let me tell you something, he quickly became quite brilliant at goalkeeping. Once we found an area of clean grass that he could deal with, of course, he was incredible.
0: My dad would launch old-school leather miter balls at me with real ferocity from his hirsute perma-tanned legs. In the summer, much to my horror, he would often strip down to a pair of super-tight shorts or, worse still, his briefs. There were times when he would even play barefoot on the common
1: if there's one thing I'm confident of, it was that until he was 11 or 12, I doubt there was a better goalkeeper in his age in the country. People would stop to watch him play in goal. He was that good. Scouts would ask me if he was signed up to any teams. That is what I achieved with him. But he did not en- enjoy being in goal. He hated getting dirty. Deep down, I think I knew it was my dream, not the boy's dream.
0: H is for heart attack. My dad only seemed to age at the end, and unlike when my mum got ill, it was a a very sudden change. His black hair quickly went almost entirely white. His speech seemed to slow down just a touch. It seemed to slowly dismantle him that perhaps now, for the first time, he was solely responsible for his children. After my mum died, my dad started smoking again, 20 years after giving up, and heavily too. When he got into something, whether it was running, collecting world clocks, torches or smoking, he really got into it. Mm -hmm. I get my addictive personality from him. Comics, books, specific granola cereals, hot chocolate, Cravendale milk, all of these have, (laughs) at various points of my life, become an expensive addiction. (laughs) Recognising this side to my personality before I was out of my teens, I had enough about me to figure certain things, notably recreational drugs, weren't for me. I knew I lacked the discipline to hang on to the nine-to-five jobs to finance the huge habit I'd inevitably end up with and, in the event of being P45, a frequent occurrence in my life, I also knew I was missing the requisite extrovert personality to hustle on the street to fund any drug habit. My dad's first heart attack in 2001... Took us all aback he was the fittest guy anyone knew back in the day when fit implied stamina rather than what it does today it happened in sainsbury's in clapham it was he told me the worst pain he'd ever experienced
1: i found someone to sit down in the store and just waited until the pain had passed i knew straight away what had happened it could not have been anything else so i went straight to the doctors
0: as he tended to every other week, only this time with his first genuine ailment in some years. (laughs) After running some tests, the doctor had my dad rush to Guy's Hospital in London Bridge. By the time I arrived at Guy's, they'd already carried out an angioplasty, a procedure used to widen blocked or narrowed coronary arteries involving inserting a short wire mesh tube, called a stent into the artery. The stent is then left in place permanently to allow blood to flow more freely.
1: Get your heart checked out. I advised my son as he sat by my bedside that day. A heart attack had already taken away your mother. It was clear that there were issues on both sides of the family.
0: My big fear since that afternoon has been that this heart attack will come before I've had the chance to revamp my wardrobe. I don't think I have any outfit right now I'd be happy to die in. When the... Last of my tiny rented flats are being cleared out after I've passed away. I don't want my clothes being mocked like my dad's out-of-date wardrobe was when we emptied out his rooms. Ostensibly to lighten the mood on such a grim day, I'm sure. I need to start selling some work again so I can update my wardrobe and exit this life looking remotely fashionable. At my poorly attended funeral, I'd at least like someone to say he dressed well. (laughs) My dad, though, appeared to have bigger concerns than his health that Friday afternoon voicing his concern about the uneven state his chest hair had been left in after a nurse had shaved him prior to the angioplasty procedure being carried out.
1: So One, one side of my chest hair was definitely higher than the other. The disregard for my appearance was staggering. It was like the nurse was thinking, well, this man's at the end now. It does not matter what his chest looks like. There was no thought for the side of the erratic chest hair might do to my morale. Seeing my uneven chest hair, I could so easily have just given up fighting for my life. <laughs>
0: My dad worried that if he went on holiday that summer, highly unlikely, given he hadn't had a holiday since 1976, his <laughs> lopsided chest hair would make him look ridiculous. See, not that I'm going on holiday this summer,
1: but what if I find myself sunbathing on a beach with a regular board of chest hair? That's all I'm saying.
0: Dad, you haven't been on holiday for 25 years. You have a heart attack, and what? All of a sudden, you're going on holiday.
1: Well, I've had a heart attack, and so now I'm supposed to not go anywhere and not have any pride in my chest appearance? <laughs>
0: And so I was tasked with seeking out a porter my dad knew at the hospital, who for £20 passed him in a brown envelope attended to my dad after his shift finished, tidied up his chest. The uh, brown envelope stuffed full of money, a Southern European trait, was something my dad often did when seeking favours. Thirteen years on and in the face of fierce competition, that conversation I had with the porter that evening as I handed over the envelope remains the strangest conversation I've ever had with anyone. As I watched the porter level out my dad's chest hair later that night, I worried that what had happened to my dad hadn't registered with him. The conversation I didn't know how to have with my mum when I saw her decline, I found a way of having with my dad that weekend, without wishing to scare him more than he already was. I had to.
1: My son told me it was time to put away my 70s tracksuit for good and take things easier. But I missed the strenuous exercise that had long been part of my life and so... Well, six months later, I, I start training for the London Marathon.
0: It was my dad's insatiable appetite for keeping fit that would be his undoing a year later.